0: Everyone to the Elevating Your Potential podcast, where we enlighten middle school and high school student athletes about the realities of college sports. Um, we have another great show online on for you today. Um, today we're going to be talking about your academic accountability partner once you're in college. This is this person is super super important, and we have one of the most passionate academic support representatives that you can. I'm serious like this. She is on fire to help student athletes, so I'm excited. Her name is Jen. how are you doing today
1: I'm great Jeremiah it's a beautiful day in Phoenix Arizona so can't complain
0: what's the temperature in Phoenix right now
1: right now well I should say beautiful night in Arizona okay. but um, it's it's probably like sixty degrees outside so it's oh, nice oh man it's
0: like that's, good. Yeah, that's
1: good weather yeah it's not humid so it's like the brisk like chilly that I've been missing just from living in the south for, south for so many years that I I feel yeah this is good.
0: <laughs> I love it. We're in tech, in Dallas right now. It is fifty and drizzling, so <laughs>
1: yeah, it's like frigid in Dallas when it gets cold.
0: So. It is. It is. <laughs> so let's learn a little bit more about you. So can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Where you grew up and what you currently do now?
1: Yeah. So I grew up in Southern California, um, but Arizona currently is the fifth state that I've lived in, my um, 26 years of living. Um, so I grew up in Orange County, and then I went to Gonzaga University for my undergrad. Um, I studied public relations with, and I had a double minor in sport management and marketing. So I really wanted to do sport marketing. That's what I wanted to do. I was very gung-ho about marketing. I wanted to work in collegiate athletics, but in the marketing side Um, so I, I interned there my junior and senior year of college and kind of got the feel for the revenue generating side of college athletics and loved it. Um, after I graduated, I really wanted to get a graduate assistant position somewhere, um, in marketing and that just didn't work out for me within like collegiate marketing or collegiate athletics marketing. So I just took a random marketing job at an agency in Dallas to, Try to figure out where, where my next step was um, while working at the agency, realized marketing wasn't really for me. Um, six months into it, I was like, I feel like my gifts and talents, I can use it for so much more. Not saying that I didn't like marketing or PR um, or like social media marketing, but I just, again, like internally knew that that wasn't for me. Um, so I started the master's program at SMU and that's how Jeremiah and I know each other, um, started the master's program in higher ed. And, um, I knew I wanted to be in college athletics. I miss that environment and the very fast paced, um, just atmosphere, college athletics, but I didn't want to be on the marketing side. So one of my friends, Dylan, he, uh, he was like, hey, Jen, like, you should, you should look into academic advising, like, I was watching this show, Last Chance You, and there's an academic advisor who, I can just see you doing that, and I was like, I, like, I knew those, that job existed, but I was like, I was, I wasn't a student-athlete, like, I, I didn't have that background, I played lacrosse for a year, but on the club team at Gonzaga, but, like, I had no, like, NCAA Division One experience at all, so I knew that, again, I knew that job existed, but I was like, I never thought of that for me. Um, So he was like, you should look into it. And so that's how I ended up in the master's program, because I knew I needed to get a master's. Um, After graduating from SMU, I did a year-long internship, academic advising internship at Florida State in athletics, and that was really fun. I got to work with swim and dive, uh, beach and indoor volleyball, and women's basketball. That was an amazing experience. It was a It was a hardcore internship, but I feel like I learned so much. And then now I'm an academic coordinator at Grand Canyon University in Phoenix, Arizona. It's D1, uh, mid-size, mid-major, private institution. And so it's a little bit different from Florida State, but I feel like I'm more in my comfort zone here. Yeah,
0: Yeah, man, that's so good. Um, you had a lot of different experiences, which I think will help our student-athletes who are listening today. Um, so I want to talk about the person who inspired you the most first. So I often call Jen the Britney Wagner of this generation. Um, and so can you tell the audience why she was so motivating for you and what about student-athletes kind of drew you into the position that you're in now?
1: Yeah, so obviously from the outside looking in into the TV show, Last Chance U, and I'm sure everyone's aware of it, but if you're not, <laughs> Long story short, it's a documentary on Netflix where they follow um, what used to be East Mississippi and it, it was a junior college for student athletes or football players who didn't do so hot at a four-year institution, so this is kind of their second chance to get either drafted or, um, tr- mm-hmm. or not traded, to <laughs> transfer to mm-hmm. um, another four-year institution, but Brittany Wagner was their academic advisor, so obviously right from the front, I was like, wow, this job looks so fun, but obviously it's a Netflix show, so they're not going to show the hard parts of the job, mm-hmm. now being two years in the industry, I'm like, wow they didn't show so many but so many scenes so many things that they didn't show that are like a big part of the job um but i just loved her i guess her passion and her drive for her job and then also the relationships that she built with her students again netflix only showed the good things i i understand that and now again being in the industry i understand that but overall I just really loved her kind of like a mom attitude like they were she was like their second mom mm-hmm. and I feel like in my position now in my uh position at oh, position at Florida State um I feel like I've taken on kind of that mom role mm-hmm. I feel like I'm like a mom to many <laughs> but in um the advisor that I worked with at Florida State, we would always say like, we're the mom and dad of many. Um, So I just really loved her, like her attitude and her passion when it came to her job.
0: I love it, I love it. So you mentioned this a little bit, um, like maybe a couple minutes ago, what do you actually do? Like, (laughs) what are some tangible things that you actually do with student athletes? Like, why are you, why is your position in existence?
1: Yeah. So that is a loaded question because there's so much that we do that I, A, forget about all the time. B, I can't even like explain it. Like people just don't understand. What
0: the big things, like what are you ultimately like working for, working towards with these student athletes?
1: Yeah. So not only am I here to help them organize their class schedules every semester, um, making sure that their classes don't, um, don't conflict with practice so like I'm like the back behind the scenes checking their schedule to see okay this class will interfere with lifts so like let's try to get you into another section um so I kind of am looking at it from the athletic standpoint and from like campus standpoint of like Mm -hmm. academics um on top of that not only am I doing like that side of things I'm also uh I also look at NCAA eligibility. So making sure that student athletes are meeting those different milestones for the NCAA in order to be eligible to participate Mm -hmm. in the next season. Um, So that's like GPA, uh, total credit hours passed or earned, um, and then also just making sure that they're enrolled full time because they have to be enrolled full time in order to practice or compete. Mm -hmm. Um, So I also have to look at NCAA. So I'm like the NCAA only am I in charge of looking at it from an academic standpoint, from classes on campus and athletics for like practice and whatnot. But I'm also overlooking NCAA and making sure, I mean, I work alongside compliance because compliance, that's their main role, but I'm in charge of, you know, just having that second eye on the NCAA eligibility side of things too. So my job is very, complicated yeah. <laughs> with, and yeah. it's I honestly like when I first started getting into this I didn't think it was gonna be like that I was like oh I'm just gonna hang out with student athletes which I get I do get to and mm-hmm. that's my favorite part honestly um but there is other admin kind of tasks that go along with just hanging out with student athletes yeah.
0: <laughs> for sure so how many sports um do you serve right now
1: yeah, so I am the academic coordinator for both men's and women's track and field, both men's and women's cross country, and men's soccer.
0: And how many student athletes is that? Like total,
1: if you? I have about 140 right now.
0: Ooh.
1: <laughs> yeah, so this is not normal though. We are actually in the process of hiring another academic coordinator. So hopefully my caseload will get a little smaller, but um, yeah, that's, I work with Olympic sports, so this is usually what the caseload looks like. Wow. Your your job.
0: Um, job. So I can only imagine a student athlete or parent listening right now, saying, "Okay, you're helping 140 students. How do you actually assist them and have that personal relationship? So what are like? How can you reassure that this is something that you have the vested interest in each student athlete?"
1: Yeah, it's hard. Um, It's hard at Florida State. I only had about Mm, 60 maybe Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so it was a lot easier to you know build those one-on-one relationships with students but I have 140 now so it's been a learning experience on how to best serve every single one of them um I've definitely like I said I'm very passionate about building those I'm a I'm a relationship builder so I'm very passionate about getting to know each and every one of the student athletes and um, learning how to best serve them, because every student-athlete is different, and I think what's important for my job is meeting every student-athlete where they are, so one student-athlete might be really, really high achieving, and I won't need to to be there as much as the one student-athlete who might need a little bit more extra help, um, but I think it's important just to meet the student where they are, but for me, with such a big caseload, I've had to kind of teach myself how to um, evaluate each student be like, okay, this is a student that's going to need a little bit extra help or like this student doesn't need a whole lot of hands-on, but just a text message here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also learned in the last couple of months of my new position, how to build boundaries mm-hmm. um, and just, you know, for my own mental health, because this is a, this is a crazy time with COVID very crazy, very, Not normal, Um, but I've had to learn like for my own mental health, like how am I going to um, best take care of myself, but also serve my students at the same time. So building boundaries of like, I'm not going to text a student after a certain time, or I'm going to shut my phone off for a certain amount of hours on the weekends, but still being able to be there for them and support them in the ways that they need. So it's kind of like a balancing act. You you can't just go in and be all about the student because mm-hmm. as an advisor or as a coordinator, like I, I need time for myself too. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's been the biggest the biggest part of, or the biggest learning um, aspect of working with so many students. Right. And that's
0: so important because, I mean, how can you serve someone if you're not like energized and fresh yourself? So I think that's super important. I'm glad you're doing that. Yeah. Um, So let's say that a student, this is their first time on campus and they're coming to see you. And this is the first time you've ever met, they're just fresh out of high school. (laughs) What would that first meeting look like?
1: Yeah, so I try to meet every student or I try to have a conversation with them of just like, hey, tell me about yourself. I don't really like to jump into like, this is your class schedule. You have class at 7 a.m. tomorrow. Right. Like, that's not how I like to approach it, um, especially, like, the first, the first meeting. I want to get to know student athletes to their core. I always start with, where are you from? Like, what other things are you involved in or you like to do um, when you're not running around the track? Mm-hmm. You know, just, like, trying to get them, trying to get to know them to, to the core, you know, because they're, they're more than that. And um, they're more than a student. They're more than an athlete. They're a human, and I I like to, um, you know, get get into like their core of mm-hmm. who they are. Um, as a freshman, that's hard though because they're young, and you know, college is a very formative time of your life. So. A freshman is going to be so different from a senior, and it's really sweet. Like, even meeting all the freshmen, um, my freshmen here at GCU, um, it's going to be I tell them this all the time I'm like, I'm so excited to watch you grow over that, the next four years because you're going to be completely different. Mm-hmm. So, I definitely take into account those first meetings and those first conversations because I want to remember who they were when they just came in right. to compare it to when they graduate.
0: So. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. Um, to see a student athlete that's more than just a student athlete. And I'm sure that helps reinforce, like, we're going to get this this a little bit later, like, what major they want to go into, like, what are their career aspirations. And I'm sure that kind of helps you go down that path, um, helps you help them go down that path as well. Um, so my next question for you is, what are some of the biggest trends Um, Let's start negatively, like not negatively, but what are some obstacles that a lot of student athletes have to overcome once they make that transition from high school to college?
1: Um, I think the time management piece is huge because college is not high school. College Hmm. classes are not high school classes. You have to learn how to manage your time. And I think for all of my freshmen now, that's my biggest thing is like, do you know all of the assignments that you have to do? Are you spacing it out um, so you're not doing everything on uh, the night due, or you're not doing everything on the night before mm-hmm. it's due, stuff like that. So at GCU, luckily, well, there's pros and cons to this, but every assignment, everything is due on Sunday night, no matter what class it is. Yeah, it's it's really weird, it's really uh-huh. bizarre. Everything is due on Sunday, which you would think it's easy to keep track of things, but I have students that will just be doing homework all Saturday. And I'm like, you knew all week that everything is due on Sunday, so how are we gonna space it out during the week? Mm -hmm. Um, So time management is something that I feel like, if you're an incoming student athlete, get on that. Get a planner, a a physical planner, not on your phone. I have a lot of students that are like, I have my to-do list on my phone. I'm like, no physical planner, mm-hmm. even if it's just like a sheet of paper that you write down all of your assignments mm-hmm. in order and like under the due date. So usually it's on Sunday for yes. my students, but it's not like that at every school. And then okay, you know you have something due on Thursday night. When are you gonna work on it? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Mm-hmm. You know, and you you know what days you lift, you know what days you have practice. Um mm-hmm. uh, so how are you gonna fit in your academics into that schedule? So yes, time management is huge. Other than that, obviously, the, the switch over to just being a student athlete and that a whole identity. But I think that is a challenge throughout the four years. But specifically for incoming freshmen, time management is huge.
0: Okay. Sorry, you, you hit on it. I need to go a little bit deeper into the identity piece.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I think just working with student athletes, I mean, I've only been in this field for two years. Um, but I've seen a lot of a lot of struggle with I'm I'm a student athlete. That is their main identity. And like I mentioned before, I like to dig deeper into who they are as a person and who what makes up their identity outside of sport. Um, whether that is like I at GCU, it's it's a private Christian. Uh, college. So a lot of my students are really involved in young life or like at their churches and that's really cool. See like those are the things that I want students to get out there and do. I know time is a huge part of like trying to balance practice in school and to balance with something something else like extracurricular. I know that's difficult but making sure that you have something else mm-hmm. that you're passionate about that You can take along your four years in college. Um, But I mean, there's nothing bad with having your sport as your identity, but that can't be the end all be all. There needs to be other things as well. So, yeah,
0: Yeah, that's really good. Um, So, let's continue on this topic of identity. How do you help someone decide what major um, they want to pick and what ultimately what bachelor they want to, or like school? And they want to receive their um, degree degree from within the college.
1: Yeah. Um. So as a freshman, I'll have them. They can choose whatever they want. I have a lot of students that started out nursing, and they're not nursing, and it's five months in, <laughs> so or like four, four or five months in. So I, I want to encourage them. Like you can, you can attempt nursing. You can attempt bio. This is something that you're passionate about. Let's try it. Um, I also remind them that major, picking your major or like your major in college as an undergrad doesn't really matter. Mm. I know that that's like kind of a hot take. Yeah, but go a little
0: bit deeper into that. Yeah,
1: that's a very much a hot take. But I, like, I mean, I was a PR major in marketing and now I'm not doing that anything in PR and marketing but I feel like you are as a student you want to study something that's interesting to you. If you're just studying something that you think is just going to make you money once you graduate I don't think you're going to be happy your four years. I, I try to encourage my students to study something that they're interested in. They have four years here you know like let's make the best out of it. If you're interested in psychology let's do psychology. If you're interested in nursing and sciences, okay, let's do it. Let's make it happen. Um, if you're just interested in sport management or you want to be a trainer, okay, let's do it. So right. you know, I, I think it's more important for the student to be studying something that they find interesting, not something that their parents want them to. Again, this is like going to be a hot take, but yeah. like, I don't, I, I try to encourage them like this is your four years. And, and again, you might not even be doing something that has to do with your major at all when you graduate. You probably won't, 90% of kids don't. So I just wanna encourage them, like what do you wanna learn your next four years? And I'll help you choose a major from that.
0: So I I like that, I like that answer. I wanna ask you, it's it's, it's along the same line, but slightly different. So at SMU, I know a couple of people who wanted to do engineering. And engineering is one of those majors that if you want to be a student athlete and pursue engineering or business, like it is tough. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them were they almost were convinced not to take those um, type of majors. How do you feel about student athletes taking those difficult, more demanding majors at the same time that they're being a student athlete?
1: Yeah, I don't. So, obviously, there's going to be exceptions, like engineering, nursing, a lot of those programs are, you have to, like, out of, usually uh, a degree is 120, so at most institutions, but engineering is usually, like, 128, or, like,
0: 120, for those who might not know,
1: 120 is the um, hours that you need to complete to graduate, Um, but a lot of programs are 120 Um, credit hours, but majors like nursing or engineering they can you know range from like 123 128 Mm -hmm. so uh you have to take either like an extra semester an extra year or take summer classes so yes there's obviously those exceptions um that those majors that might be a little bit difficult to balance um so unless you're extremely passionate about engineering then that's a conversation we can have but i try to stay away from those majors Mm -hmm. um but yeah, it's going to be difficult, but I've seen student athletes do it, but it really just depends. Like I said, every student athlete's different. And so I can gauge like, okay, can this student athlete do this major? Can they not? Um, I think just, you know, learning who they are meeting them where they are and then finding out like, okay, if you are really passionate about engineering and like getting a feel like, can you actually do, do that? Um, with being being an athlete and then also like wanting to pursue one of those majors,
0: and I love the answer that you're giving. Um, so this might be I might be putting you on the spot a little bit here, but when, if there, if I'm a student athlete, let's say I want to do engineering, what are some like signals that you look for that you feel like I can, or it'd be much more difficult for me to pursue this major? The reason I'm asking you this question is because I want our student athletes to be thinking about, okay, am I actually – am I actively doing this myself? I want them to self-reflect before they even get to you.
1: Yeah. Um, I think – I mean, I think for one thing, it matters what your schedule looks like to so like what sport you play because some schedules can allow you to take – those kinds of credits in those kinds of classes. Some schedules you can't. So again, it's every student is so unique mm-hmm. um, that it's I feel like it's a unique like uh, case by case kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like if you come from a background of like it, it runs in your family like your dad was an engineer and like you grew up going to engineer camp like your whole life and again like you're super passionate about engineering you know i'm not going to tell you no you know but if you're just coming out of high school and you're like engineering's kind of cool and i'd be like okay, so why why is engineering cool to you you know like digging deeper of like the why you want to study that major
0: mm-hmm. yeah I think it's good, like, to have that basis already and kind of have a firm grasp, like, it's an interesting you're just going to try, <laughs> just to, to yeah. try, like, that is, yeah. And I've seen people, like you said, succeed. I've seen some people, unfortunately, not um, be able to make that transition successfully.
1: Yeah.
0: So at Grand Canyon, are they, do y'all have a study hall um, requirement?
1: Yes. So it's team by team basis, and it's um, something that you- the academic coordinator and the coach kind of figure out together. So everybody's different. Um, Right now in COVID, it's actually really interesting. So usually our lab, so the student athlete center, student athlete development center is open for student athletes to come and study. But during COVID now we can't do that. So now our study hall hours are scheduled out. So I've had to build blocks for every student athlete based on their practice schedule and their class schedule. So building those study hall blocks around those two schedules. Um, but we usually have incoming students, all freshmen and transfers do study hall. That's kind of like across the board, across all of our sports here. Um, I think most of, most freshmen are in study hall. And, but for me with working with track, it's it's hard. There's what, 25 freshmen? Mm. That's, that's a hard, list to right. you know, like yeah I really couldn't build 25 study hall schedules so I'm actually doing virtual study hall with them um over zoom so that's been really fun they'll like log in I'll put them in breakout rooms um but I know other academic coordinators have just built out study hall schedules for all of their freshmen but right now in COVID it's different but right. yes our students do have study hall hours.
0: How many hours do you usually require per week?
1: So my at-risk kids, um, and they're going in. So all of my students that are at-risk, um, so needing I, – I base it off GPA, um, mm-hmm. who need in-person study hall. They're in uh, study hall for six hours weekly. And then all of my incoming students are in four hours weekly.
0: That's true. And was it different pre-COVID?
1: Um, no. Okay. So they would just do their four hours in person if, if it wasn't.
0: Got you. Okay. I just remember SMU, um, like ours were, I think, eight, and I don't even know some schools were 10. Yeah. I, that is a lot of study hall hours to get on top of everything else.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I, I have a lot of students who say that it helps because it is a time where they can be held accountable. Like, I, well, I think now with study hall being in blocks and like mm-hmm. they can only go during that two hour block will have, so my students will have three two-hour blocks to make up six, the ones that are going in person, so they know that they have to get stuff done in those two hours. So it kind of holds them accountable, like, hey, I have two hours here, like, let's see how much I can get done, because I can only be here for two hours. Gotcha. So I honestly love this the scheduling. Even outside of COVID, I feel like that's something that I'm going to maybe play around with, because... Like if it works in their schedule and they're like, Yeah, like I can study during this time, like why not? Because I feel yeah, be like they're they're there, so they're like, Okay, I'm here, might as well get some stuff done. So
0: Yeah, for sure. I
1: have, I have kids that have requested more too. I had a soccer Um, So all of my soccer freshmen are in in in-person four hours. Um, I'm only doing virtual with track and field, but all of my soccer guys are in-person. And a lot of them have reached out like, hey Jen, can I stay an extra hour? Or instead of four hours, can I get six hours? Um, I just get a lot more done in in the academic or in the lab student athlete development office. So yeah, I've had students reach out for more.
0: I love it. I love it. Um, so since we're on the topic of scheduling, can you give me like a mock schedule because I want our student athletes to see like how much is going to require as um, a student athlete in college?
1: Yeah. So let's see. Like a mock, we'll just we'll just do a soccer schedule. So they start practice at eight a.m. Monday through Friday. So they go eight to eleven. Um, that's practice and lift. So they'll practice and then they'll do their lift and then they're done at 11. So all of their classes happen after 11. So a lot of a lot of them will go from practice to lift to going home to eat, shower, you know get themselves ready for the day and then they'll start classes um, around like one and then they'll they'll go into the night so. Yeah, and then a lot of their study hall hours happen, um, I know some of them are in the three to five blocks. Some of them are in the five to seven. Um, so it just really depends on when their classes get out and whatnot. But at GCU right now, a lot of the classes are hybrid because of COVID. So half in-person, half online. Um, So some students will go in. So classes only happen, you're either in a Wednesday, Friday class or Tuesday, Thursday class and labs happen on Mondays. So you'll either go in person, say like Tuesday, and then your Zoom will be on Thursday or vice versa. So I feel like scheduling has been a lot easier during COVID because students might not even be in class for a day, like they'll have like a full Wednesday off or it just Scheduling, it looks so different now. Um, so I, it's hard because this is my first full-time job in this world. Right. So, like, this is what the schedules look like right now, but it's going to look completely different outside of
0: COVID. Right. And have they traveled at all yet? Mm-mm. No nope. travel. Okay, I was nope. going to ask, like, how traveling.
1: Yeah, and men's soccer is a fall sport, but they got pushed to the spring. So their, their season starts in January.
0: That's, well, we'll circle back around when they're in, seasons, in season as well, because I'm sure that'll be... Like,
1: yeah, tutoring. I can give you a better answer when they're in
0: season. <laughs> You're good. You're good. Um, I do want to talk about tutoring.
1: Okay.
0: Um, do you make your student... like? Okay, first of all, when does a student um, attend tutoring for you specifically um, right now? Okay,
1: so at GCU, it's a little bit different. We don't have in-house tutoring. So yeah, just because resources, small, mid-major, so we don't have tutoring um, in our office. But at Florida State, we did have tutoring, so I can speak on that a little bit. Um, At Florida State, if a student requested it in the beginning, of or before the semester started uh the advisor themselves or we would schedule their tutoring or request tutoring for them and then we had a tutoring coordinator who would put together all of the schedules working with the tutor schedules and all that kind of stuff um a lot of students requested tutoring so i never really had to put students in tutoring (laughs) also i worked with high achievement students though i know that uh, my roommate who was an intern with football she would just put guys in tutoring because she was like nope you're gonna you're gonna be put in tutoring right off the bat like you just know your student like if your student you know struggles with writing obviously you're gonna put them in a tutoring session with a writing tutor you know that's like going back to like getting to know your students and um like what their strengths and what their weaknesses are and being able to help guide them through the semester. Like, hey, I really encourage you to, you know, seek out math tutoring or how's your science class bio going? Are you sure you don't want tutoring? And most of the time they'll end up in tutoring. <laughs> yeah,
0: and, and that's what I like so much too, is that you had a lot of like, if your high achieving students ask to be put in tutoring, yes. which I am happy to hear that because, you know, in high school, if you took tutoring people look at you like are you okay are you <laughs> um are you not smart enough to have this class but in college it's kind of flipped from what yeah. i've seen is that kind of consistent with
1: yeah yeah and i i think a lot of the student athletes just realize that this is a resource that they get to use mm-hmm. like why not use it um i think that's a lot of their mindset, and some And like I said earlier, college is so different. College classes are not high school classes. And you will realize that within your first few weeks of college. (laughs) You'll be like, wow, this is not my college algebra class that I took junior year of high school. Um, So you'll realize, like, okay, like, these these resources are laid in front of me. Like, might as well, like, take advantage of them and Mm -hmm. use them. Um, but it's funny that you say that I, I got tutored in high school. I was like, i studied, or I struggled in geometry. So I am a, like, I am very like supportive of tutoring.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Um, so I just have a couple more questions for you. Have you ever had a student athlete who unfortunately was not able to continue their career because of academic issues? Have you seen it or has it happened um, to one of your students?
1: um i have not yet um this year might be my first time experiencing that okay. um, it's it's rough because either there's two sides of it either there's a student who's really trying and just school like college is just not for them like i've seen my my other colleagues friends that are in this industry go through this where they have a student where wow, like you're really trying your absolute best, but like college might be not be for like college isn't for everybody. Mm -hmm. But I mean being a student athlete, if you are given that opportunity to go to college, that's awesome. Like I definitely support you to take or I encourage you to take that opportunity. But you know, college isn't for everyone. So a lot of a lot of students there are students that struggle with it and I know I have a lot of friends that have dealt with ineligibility or eligibility issues because of academics but on the flip side um there are the students that just don't care (laughs) and it I think that's really frustrating for me just because I feel like I've tried um I try so hard to, you know, reach out to students and kind of, you know, meet them where they are and, you know, offer my assistance and help as much as I can. And just to see a student kind of like not, not care and then deal with eligibility issues because of that, that's like kind of a bummer. So there's like those two types of students, but know that, because I know we're speaking to future student athlete, college student athletes, know that your academic advisor isn't isn't here to nag you. Like, I try to remind my students, like, I don't like nagging you. I don't, I don't enjoy calling you out or texting you, like, what's going on, dude? Like, I don't enjoy those parts of it. I enjoy it when you're, you know, we're on the same, we're on the same team, and we're on the same page. Um, so, it is kind of disheartening to see students kind of fall off just because they the lack of effort or they just don't care enough to, you know, continue on. So luckily, again, I haven't really had any specific situations that that has happened. But I do deal with some difficult kids. But, you know, I always try to remind them, like, I'm on your team. I'm not I'm not working against you. I'm working with you.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that was so powerful in what you were saying. Um, the two different sides, like sometimes it's just not, school is just not for them or they don't care. I think that's an important distinction that needs to be made. Um, I did a lot of you. You did have me one more question, sorry. <laughs> um, can you tell us some of the eligibility requirements um, that you have to meet? I know some of them, but it might have changed since I was a student athlete. So, like, what are some eligibility requirements that have to be made in order for them to play from semester to semester?
1: So, I think the major ones, I'll go over two. The major one is six and 18. Um, So, you have to pass six credits, um, six credit hours, fall and spring. So, in order for for the fall, you have to pass at least, so that's usually at a normal institution, that's two classes because three credits each um at gcu all of our classes are four credits yes very weird wow is there
0: a lab with everything or is it just
1: nope it's just four credits yeah yeah so that just like threw me for a loop because i'm so used to working with three credit classes but anyway so you have to pass six credits in the fall in order to be eligible in the spring and then um at the end of spring you have to meet 18 so fall plus spring you have to meet 18 credit hours um but you have to pass at least six in the fall and at least six in the spring but i mean it it has to equal 18 it's really hard to explain but yeah so it
0: has a good job it has to
1: equal 18 but also there's a gpa requirement as well so sophomore year sophomore year going into junior year you have to have a 1.8 junior year to senior year is 1.9 and then everything beside or after that's 2.0 so in order to be eligible for the next semester you not only have to keep your GPA up but you also have to meet that credit hour requirement um so that's the first like very basic there's more to that but that's very basic that's all you really need to know right now The other requirement is uh, progress towards degree. So you'll hear a lot of academic advisors and clients, um, people use the term PTD. Um, So that's progress towards degree. So before you enter into your junior year, you have to be completed with 40% of your degree. So for, like I mentioned earlier, the 120, that's usually how many credits you have to have to graduate. So that's 48 credit hours, it's 40%. So before you enter your junior year, you have to have 40%. Before you enter your senior year, you have to have 60% and that is 72 hours. And then before you enter in post, like post senior year, so your fifth year, um, you have to have 80% and that's 92 credit hours, so. Those are, those are the two main eligibility rules that you, you need to know. Hopefully I got that right. Because well, could, minute, that's involved. what
0: I remember too. It's just kind of the same thing that I remember as well. So, yes, that's yeah. great. Um, another quick question. Do you believe that student athlete – do you think it helps a student athlete by taking like dual credit or AP classes in terms of getting a degree? Like do you think that that actually helps or should I just wait until they get to on campus?
1: It definitely helps. Okay, because it can put you ahead. Uh, so, like, I have a lot of students that had dual credit or brought in transfer credits, and they are now ahead of the game as a freshman. So, you can potentially, if you want to graduate early, if you're thinking about maybe going pro, um, that's something that you should definitely keep in mind because you can be done with your degree and uh, I've seen students finish in three years, three and a half years Um, but also that gives you the opportunity to maybe potentially go get your master's or get a post back, so another uh, bachelor's degree. Um, It allows you to have room for a minor maybe. Just really depends on where you end up going to college and how it's set up but I don't think it hurts to to start early. Got you.
0: Yeah that's great. Um, How many students, how many credit hours do you kind of push your student athletes to take per semester
1: so at GCU 12 credits is only three classes which isn't isn't that so that's usually nine somewhere normal <laughs> not normal but like right. more usual and um, but yeah so I three credits or three classes is 12 credits at GCU so I try to push them to take 16 if they can. So that's four classes. Um, but if I was at a institution that each class was three credits, I would probably push them to do four as well. And that would be 12.
0: Okay. Or five. You. Thank you so much. Um, so, the, okay, I promise. This is one is the last question.
1: No, you're okay, <laughs> you're okay.
0: Um, let's say that right now you were talking to every high school student athlete across the world. <laughs> Okay. What do you wish that they knew prior to coming on campus and them seeing you? Like, if you could just say, like, if you could talk to everyone about, hey, you need to do this, this, and this, and they actually applied what you told them, like, what would you say to them?
1: I would say go in, go in with no expectations. Because so much changes in your four years of being a student athlete in college. Um, You can come in like gung-ho and passionate about one thing and then you graduate and it's completely different. Mm -hmm. So I think just go in with no expectations, but also be open, be open to all of the staff members that are there to help you. Um, so I've, I've dealt with freshmen that are like, I want to do this, this, and this, like, I don't really care what you have to say. And what, which I'm like very happy that you're passionate about that, but you know, just be open to other options as well. Um, but going back to the no expectations, like if you go in with high, high expectations of what you think college is going to be like, or what it's going to be like to be a student athlete, like, I just wouldn't want you to be discouraged, um, if something doesn't go your way. And being an athlete, I understand it's always like, what's my next step? What's my next goal? Um, but again, so much happens in your four years of college. And I feel like your purpose and your why is going to change throughout those four years. So just be open-minded, be open-minded and just have fun, have fun. Like, you're in college like and I tell tell my students like I'm like obviously like I want you to be safe like that's not what I mean when I say go have fun but like just be a college student Mm -hmm. meet new people right now in COVID it's a little different right people get out of your comfort zone that's huge too that's like another thing don't like be open-minded but also get out of your comfort zone Get involved in something that you would have never gotten involved in or talk to that person that you never thought you would talk to in high school, you know, because college is so different, so, so different. And I feel like you're being placed or you're, you're meeting new people and being placed in those new relationships for a reason. So like embrace that. Um, So yeah, get out of your comfort zone, then also be open-minded.
0: Great. I love it. I love it. Jen, this has been such a great time. I know all our student athletes are going to learn so much from you. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks um, for
1: having me. This is so fun.
0: Yes, uh, yes. I'm I'm super excited. We'll have to get you on another time to talk about some other things as well. Um, sure. But yes, I enjoyed it. Everyone, I know y'all are going to get so much from it. Y'all have a great rest of y'all's week. See y'all next time. Bye. <laughs>